Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by... I'm Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Good. It's been a... Well... I say I'm very tired. We, we've we've uh, we've had a few weeks off, haven't we? It's, yes. Uh, again, but uh, I think we we've now finished our period of having to take a few weeks off here and there. Um, I hope we've both well, been. You say that. Yes, but we we we've got a few things planned. But yeah, I'm okay. I've uh, I've followed in your footsteps. You moved house about about a month ago now. Two months ago. Yeah. So I moved on the thirty first of October. So just over a month ago. I I got my keys to my new house on the 17th of November and it's now the 7th 7th of December and I've not stopped since just like getting the house ready and then moving in and unpacking I'm still sorting stuff. Oh, I I'll, I'll be honest with you I'm never ever 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 going to move house ever again. <laughs> Awful. I've hated every minute of it. I'm I'm happy now that I'm settled and I've got a bit of time back but yeah, I'm not doing that again in a hurry, you know. It is. It's a, it's a big upheaval. It's very stressful, and um, balancing it with work and everything else. Mm. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's been tough, and obviously an apology to the the listeners, our avid, rabid listeners, mm. um, that one listener that we have, <laughs> um, for the uh, sporadic nature of um, recent episodes, and we do have some things lined up, and hopefully we'll be able to. Um, to stick to that, and obviously there's Christmas coming up as well, so there's a bit of a balancing act with that. So we're we're, yes, we're, we're just... both more settled now, though, aren't we? I think we're in a. I think the pro- the problem that we've had over the past few weeks is that um, you were moving and then living in a state of uh, disarray, and then I was moving and living in a state of disarray. And it's been. I was saying to you the other day because we were going to record the Zelda episode last week, um, but I think we'd had about four weeks to play, and I hadn't even started it. Um, yeah, and and you you wanted a bit more time to complete it, so we pushed it back by a week. But hopefully, um, the the worst. Well, I am is also um, starting a new job on the nineteenth of December, so hopefully that doesn't create too much upheaval either. But yeah, we're 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 doing our best. Rest mm, assured of that. It'll be fine. Um, um, okay, so on to today's game, which uh, I don't know if you just revealed during that block of text. Um, so today's game is number 26 on the Metacritic Top 100 list. The game is The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess with a score of 96. And the version that's on the list at the highest point is the GameCube version, um, which was released in 2006 alongside the Wii version, which comes in slightly lower than the GameCube version. Um, okay, so as always, what's your history with this game? None. As with most of the Zelda games, after Majora's Mask and yeah, I played a bit of Wind Waker before, hadn't I? But that was about it. I've not, I'd never played Twilight Princess before. Um, from looking the outside in, as someone who's a self-proclaimed, proclaimed, professed, um, not much of a Zelda fan, this was always the one that appealed to me the least. I think um, so. I'd never played it. I knew that the 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 quirk of this game is the fact that you become the were werewolf 
um, at certain points of the game and I knew that it was a little bit darker than, than Wind Waker was. Um, but other than that, I didn't really know much about it, to be honest, other than a couple of few points. But yeah, this this was the first time that I played it, um, which I'm guessing isn't the same for you. No. Um, this game, when it was first announced off the back of the Wind Waker, which was, let's say, divisive. Um, there's that there's that um, E3 trailer that they released, and basically it was a, it was a it was a Zelda game in the same vein as Ocarina of Time, graphically, art style, in terms of that. It was a it was they gave the fans a, what they wanted. Yeah, it was a true next generation Ocarina of style, uh, Ocarina of Time style Zelda game. And they released this trailer, and I still very vividly remember that trailer of Link on Epona and all the enemies coming over the hill. And when that trailer came out, you just heard a huge roar from the audience. Yeah, I've, then, seen, I've seen that footage. It's, it's insane, and it was one of the biggest reactions, probably maybe, maybe even the biggest reaction at E3 ever. And then Miyamoto came out on stage with a sword and shield, and everyone was going crazy. Um <laughs> It's it's the kind of um, fever pitch that very rarely, I'd say, games manage to achieve. But this was one of those games that did that. And obviously there was a lot of hype going into this game. And this game finally came out at the tail end of the GameCube life cycle. Also um, was a release title for the, uh, the Wii. And because of that... Um, it, yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a funny one. I think I think this is one of the one of the um, forgotten Zelda games. I don't think people remember this one very much. And I like Twilight Princess. I prefer it to um, Wind Waker. I will say that right out of the gate. Um, I've completed it before, and yeah, I, I haven't completed it since probably around 2012, 2013. So it was nice to revisit. And it was the first time that I had played the Wii U HD remaster, which is a very nice remaster. And um, that kind of brings me on to which version did you play? Uh, yeah, the, the, the Wii U uh, version. Um, I did want to play it on GameCube, but setting up a GameCube in my current state, probably no good, um, as I'm not a big fan of using the Wii controls. Um, but also... I did... Yeah, the GameCube version is very, very expensive, and I know that yeah. because I have a copy of the GameCube yeah. version. I um I did also want to want to say about Twilight Princess that when when I look at Zelda games again as someone that doesn't really follow them that much, I kind of put Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword as <clears throat> their own thing. That I I kind of see them as like in betweeners maybe. Um, I kind of look at it as Ocarina of Time. Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, and then I don't see like a mainline Zelda game again until Breath of the Wild. I I don't know why I have that mentality, but for some reason I um I don't really count them. I don't no idea why at all. Maybe it's because I didn't really rate rate the Wii um that much. And obviously yeah, both games came out on the Wii. Um, yeah. And it was a it was a funny console generation for Nintendo, um, as was the Wii, the Wii. To be fair, yeah, and and the Wii version of Twilight Princess was the lead version. It was the main version, um, 
whereas there were limited copies of the GameCube version. Um, but yeah, but, I, I, but I played I, the Wii U version. Sorry, I uh, I diverted the conversation there. Where did you play it? Yeah, also played it on the Wii U. Um, as I said, first time playing this version. It's a very nice version, actually. Um, and we'll get on to some of the details as to why that is. Um, so, I know you didn't finish this game, but are you yeah. able to give us a rundown of the plot? Yeah, so... Um... Like you say, I, I didn't finish this game. Uh, obviously, you gave me a challenge at the start when we... Um, you didn't give... Did you give it me for Link to the Past? I don't think you did, think, did you? I think you gave me the challenge after that, but I did complete Link to the Past. Yeah, you did. I think I think it was for all of them, um, with the exception of... With the fair exception of, I think, um, Zelda 1 and 2. Mm, yeah. Um, so... I, I failed within the time frame of recording this episode, but we said that I'll, I will I will finish this game when I get a chance. It's just been it's been so uh, so busy with the house move. I, I barely had a chance to to hit the sides really. So I, I got about eight hours into it. Um, I got to the point where you um, where Zelda gives Midna her um, her life, and then you go off to the Arbiters. Uh, oh yes, dungeon. So you got to the fourth dungeon. Yeah, so the story starts off really slowly, um, like a lot slower than any of the other games. And you're basically just playing as Link as a bit of a farmhand um, in a little village, and it's like a it's like an hour slash two hour tutorial. Really, um, it is very long, and you know you're just living your life until your village gets raided. Uh, the children and Links. Would you say love interest? No, kind of? not really. She's just a friend, I think. Friend he knows that's got a weird face. Um, they they all get kidnapped. So Zelda, uh, Zelda Link goes off to kind of save them. And on the way, he gets pulled into saving the world. Uh, your companion in this game is like this little... She's like an imp. Well, she's she's been transformed. She's yeah. she is the Twilight Princess, and um, she is transformed into um, a small thing. Yeah. So your you. your companion for this game, you know, compared to um, Ocarina and Majora's, where you've got Navi and uh, Tattle or Tail, I can't remember which one it was. Tattle. Tattle. And then in Wind Waker, you've got the the King of Red Lions. Is it the King of Red Lions? Yeah. In this game, you've got Midna. Um, and the quirk of the game is a, cu- a curse gets put on Link who will transform into uh, a werewolf and you have to go through periods of the game where you have to transform and play as a werewolf. Um, and as you progress through the dungeons, and this is where my knowledge will kind of end because I haven't completed the game, um, you come across the main kind of bad guy for the majority, uh, a guy called Zant, who... Um, is effectively the Ganondorf for the first portion of the game. He almost kills Midna and wipes out Link. You then go to Hyrule Castle where Zelda gives her life to save Midna. And that's as far as I got. Uh, you, you get the Master Sword and then you can start using the, the werewolf ability at will. But that's as far as I got. So you'll have to finish off the plot synopsis because I don't know what happens after that. So you um so this game has nine dungeons if you include um if you include Hyrule Castle. So this is a much more complete game than than Wind Waker, which was one of my 
criticisms of Wind Waker that it felt very, very incomplete to the point where you're given one of the uh, stones that you need to progress, which I can't think of any other Zelda game that does that. Um, but this is a much more complete game. And um, you collect the various odds and ends that you need to, as usual in a Zelda game, and basically you're putting together um, the Twilight Mirror, and or the Mirror of Twilight, I think it's called. And you then go to the Twilight Realm and you face Zant and you defeat Zant, and then it turns out that the power um, that Zant has was given to him by Ganondorf, and then you go for your final showdown with Ganondorf in Hyrule Castle, and then uh, Midna is transformed back into her true form, and it's kind of, kind of ends there, and it's, it's it's kind of a sweet moment where Link rides back to the original village that he started on Epona. Um, so, in terms of um, in terms of when you when you say the story aloud, it sounds very by the numbers Zelda, but actually, I think there are some some nice wrinkles in there, and it's delivered in a very nice way. There's some very nice animation in there, very nice facial animation, and. Um, yeah, so it, it's delivered quite nicely, and well, there are some something. Yeah. Something, something I was going to say is that I've watched a few um, few reviews for this game as well, and I think something that people have said about this game is that it feels like it's trying to be Ocarina of Time a little bit, because there are quite a few, I wouldn't say similarities, but like beats that are quite similar. Definitely um, from from what I picked up, and I know that with the final fight with with Ganondorf. Is very similar to the end of of Ocarina of Time. You've got Hyrule Town, um, and I. This is something that I know from researching the game, like over the f- a few years, not from this playthrough. But I'm pretty sure is it when you go to Hyrule Castle, you go to like this underworld bit or something, and you you fight this this armored skeleton guy and the. The idea is that he's the hero of time from Ocarina and Majora's Mask, who's been cursed as like the, I don't know, the watcher of that area. Do you know who I mean? Yeah. So it's not it's not as you say. So you meet you you encounter this character. You can encounter this character early on, and basically this character unlocks moves, sword moves for you. Mm. And um, yeah, you 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 see him again throughout the game, and you unlock sword moves and. Yeah, that that's the character that you're referring to. That's supposed to be Link from Ocarina of Time. Yeah, and that and that that's is it canon? Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Not, cool. Well, I think I, I think I like so. That. I think it's I think it's well. I don't know if it's in Hyrule Historia, but it's um, widely believed to be the case. Yeah, it's indicated to be the case. I don't know if it's um. Mm. I don't know if it's pound for pound true, but yeah, yeah that's, that's indicated that, heavily indicated, I'd say. That's cool. Um, I like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll dig a bit deeper as we, we go on. So what's changed between this and Wind Waker? Everything, really. Um, I, I'm not sure if we mentioned it at our Wind Waker episode. We probably did. But the, 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 the kind of reception that Wind Waker got at the time of release, it wasn't amazing, was it? I think critics very much appreciated it. Fans but, um, didn't as much. I think I think fans and just general players, um, yeah, I don't think it, it did as well. Well, um, when 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 you look at 
um, Ocarina of Time, and without taking into consideration the 3DS remake, that was supposedly meant to look a bit more realistic. And then Wind Waker went to cell shaded. It was very much, um, it felt like a bit more of a child friendly game than the others. It was a lot soft around the edges. And I think that a lot of Zelda fans wanted more of what they'd got in um, Ocarina of Time with its, if you can call it realism, and then whatever the hell Majora's Mask was in terms of how dark that game was. And Twilight Princess compared to Wind Waker, it, it is a much darker game, both through its story and also graphically. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's not... I think I use the word Wind Waker, it pops. Twilight Princess doesn't pop. It is very bleak, very drab. And that isn't to say that it's a bad thing, but the thing that Wind Waker had that Twilight Princess doesn't is that Wind Waker still looks fresh and newish today because they chose cell shaded, whereas Twilight Princess, even though it had a HD remake in, what was it, 2013-ish? 2012? I think it was after that. I think it was a bit later because it came after the uh, Wind Waker yeah. HD remaster. So, so the, the the mid 2010s then. Um, even though it had that remake, it doesn't look superb. It looks alright. It looks like I a, think it still looks like a. I, I, this is one area that I think yes, in comparison to Wind Waker, I think I'm not going to say, but Wind Waker definitely has aged better and has a better art style. But I think. The comparison is always, oh, Twilight Princess hasn't aged as well, but it still looks really nice. Yeah. Especially those animations and, um, yeah, it, it, it's. I would say when you compare it to other games from the time it was released, it still looks nicer than a lot of those, but it just doesn't look as nice as Wind Waker. Mm, yeah. Um, so, you, I, I have a feeling that you know the Zelda team were probably trying to. Placate fans that wanted that when Wind Waker came out. Um, well, when the Wii U came out, um, they did a tech demo for a realistic Zelda. And once again, people were clamouring for this realistic Zelda. Mm. And then, obviously, Breath of the Wild came out and they didn't go for this realistic style. No, um, Breath of the Wild's a little bit cel-shaded-esque, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of a bit of an in-between one. It's, it's, it's between the realism, but it has that... It's sort of like watercolour painterly, and I think Breath of the Wild is gorgeous. Um, I've not played it, but, so I can't comment, but it looks nice. Yeah, but you're always going to get, and I think it would be nice to see, like a full fat sort of, um, yeah, Ocarina style, mature Zelda looking game. Even just as a one-off, doesn't mean that it has to be there forever, but it would be nice to see what Nintendo could do with that more realistic style today um, mm. compared to Twilight Princess, which again is from 2006. But I don't know. You, you never know what Nintendo is going to do. They, they may do that. Um, they may not. After Breath of the obviously Breath of the Wild 2 has got the same art style as, as Breath of the Wild. Who knows where they're going to go after that. Um, it's kind of got every avenue open to them as to what they want to do. Yeah, so so graphically it's changed. What else has changed? Oh, the, the control. Um I mean, the control for combat and stuff, I mean, if you're playing the GameCube version, which this review is based on, then, you know, not too much. But when you're playing the Wii, uh, you're using the motion controls for combat. You've got other 
you know quality of life things added in like you can uh, now swing your sword while you're moving you've got um what was the word i was going to use i do this in every episode i clamor for, for a word that i was going to use and i can't find it uh i've lost my thought what do you think's changed <laughs> yeah um i think i i see the combat as a refinement of that of um wind waker I think the combat here is really good and I think up to this point um, 2006 of the Zelda games that we've played chronologically it's got the smoothest combat and um, so that is kind of a refinement I see obviously you move away from the water you've now got this land based map and you've got your dungeons I, I don't think I think a lot of Obvious things have changed between Wind Waker and Twilight Princess, but I think fundamentally it's still very much a Zelda game as Wind Waker was, and structurally it's it's it's, it's a Zelda game. Um, so you've got tweaks here and there, and we'll probably get into those a bit more, but certainly some things have changed, but they're quite obvious changes, and other things I'd say that may not be as obvious haven't changed. Okay, so on to our ever-present feature, Gameplay is King. Um, is Twilight Princess fun to play? Yeah, it, I, I think I found Wind Waker a bit more fun, but that might just be because of the the graphical style of it, perhaps. I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I'd say so. It feels a lot smoother than previous Zelda games. It feels a lot more fluid. The movement feels good. Um, again, I'm not the biggest Zelda fan, um, but for someone that isn't a huge fan of Zelda, I thought it was fine to play um wasn't the most fun i've had with the zelda game but it was fine you know um what what do you think i think this game has pacing issues and you kind of alluded to it yeah, early on start the game yeah and i i think it's funny because you obviously completed the third dungeon but you didn't get onto some of the later dungeons mm. which is where i think this game really flies yeah i've heard that the, um, the later dungeons particularly the one after the the arbiter is it snow yeah. snow something snow peak mm. snow peak ruins it's great i love it and there's there's a there's and there's a there's a dungeon in the sky um yeah there's some really cool dungeons here and, and that's my favorite aspect of twilight princess but I fully agree with you. That opening is enough to turn anyone off. And I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know if they were trying to ease people into the Wii's motion controls. Another interesting fact between the Wii and the GameCube version is that the worlds are mirrored. So, yeah. Which is very strange. So everything that's on the left in the GameCube version is on the right yeah. in the Wii version. And I've heard that if you complete the game and then go to, is it like hero mode or something? Or um, Zelda, like the, the new game plus mode. Yeah. Um, when you do the new game plus mode, so if you were to do the new game plus mode on the Wii, the new game plus mode would have the control and look of the GameCube version. Right. So you get both, best of both worlds if you want, but if you want to play it in the way that it plays on the other console, you need to do New Game Plus, which is, I think, harder. Yeah, it's very curious. I don't. I still don't know quite why that decision was made. Maybe it was to do with having the motion controller in one hand and it lent itself better to having 
this mirrored world. Maybe. Obviously, it was designed originally for the GameCube and then ported to the Wii. Um, so, lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so um, I think this game is fun, but the, there, are, there are serious pacing issues that do um, lessen yeah. after sort of the halfway points up until the end of the game, really. Particularly um, as someone who will often fall off games whilst playing them because it takes too long to do something or I get bored. I struggled with this one. I think it's the opposite problem that Wind Waker had, actually. I think Wind Waker, and I said in that episode, starts off very strongly and then is mired by pacing issues in the second half of the game. Yeah. And they just don't let up until the very end of the game in that awful Triforce fetch quest. Yeah. And... It's, it's the opposite with Twilight Princess. The first half is bogged down by these pacing issues. And then the second half is really quite smooth and punchy. And, and yeah, it's very, very strange. I don't quite understand it. but So yeah, it, it does have these pacing issues. But the sort of moment-to-moment gameplay, I think, is very fun. And as I said, I think it's probably the smoothest that Zelda has been up to this point. And there are certain dungeons which are a joy to play. Um, okay, so did you have a favourite move that you used? Um, I quite like the sword play. Um, I didn't think I'd enjoy using the Wiimote for sword play because I'm not really, to be honest, I really don't like motion control stuff. Um, and it's probably one of the reasons I never really got on with the Wii. Um, but I thought the, the sword play was alright. Um, and as well as that, I would say that the movement feels a lot more fluid, like rolling. And stuff like that yeah. feels a lot better, you know? Yeah. They've got finishing moves this time that I liked. Um, they're fun to do. Just um, killing a downed enemy. And Epona has had a, a noticeable upgrade since... I think the last time was Majora's Mask that Epona... Yeah, appeared. it would have been, yeah. And Epona feels more like a horse. Less like a a thing that travel, travels you around at speed. Um, it's not perfect and it's not Shadow of the Colossus but it's uh, an improvement so yeah I'd say the finishing moves are my favourite thing I did get um, funny you mentioned Shadow of the Colossus because you know the boss that you have in the water temple Um, I did get vibes of Shadows of the I've never played Shadow of the Colossus but I've seen a lot of footage for it and you know how you've got to um, like attach onto the the boss and like stab its eye a load of times it gave me Shadow of the Colossus vibes there are other bosses as well. I think the bosses are, again, a, a bit of a highlight of this game. And there are other mm. um, bosses that have Shadow of the Colossus vibes. The what the the dungeon in the sky has a, has a flying boss and you're out in the open air and you are using your hook shots again. And it's um, that's a lot of fun. I think this game does well in terms of... In some of the older games, they'd reuse bosses and sub-bosses. But here, they all feel mostly unique and the sub bosses feel more unique than they ever have I'd say Mm. and then you've got these unique bosses as well so it it feels to me that that the emphasis a lot of emphasis was placed on these dungeons and making them good and a lot of the issues that I have with this game is the bits between the dungeons especially towards the beginning Um, I was always itching to get to the next dungeon Um, Okay, so let's talk a bit about these dungeons. So of what you played, 
um, which is obviously the first three. I don't know if you got far into um, Arbiters. Yeah, I, co- I completed Arbiters. Um, okay, so you completed the fourth one as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like the boss in that one with the. Um, That's a cool boss with the Beyblade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a great boss. Mm. Sorry, I was taking a sip of wine. Um, <laughs> but one yeah. of those days. Yeah, it's been one of those weeks, been one of those two, been one of those months. Um, but yeah, I, I, I quite enjoyed that just because it was a bit different. I don't think yeah. I, I can't remember playing a Zelda boss that was similar to that anyway. Um, no, there's not. There's nothing like it. No, it, it was weird. So yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I like the fact that they designed this entire dungeon around this thing that you don't really use that much outside of that dungeon, but no. it's a really cool little device and. A nice little gameplay hook. Um, so, so was that your favourite one out of the four that you did? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, I mean, the, the the other three that I did were very like standard Zelda the numbers. Yeah, 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 you know, and I thought the Water Temple sucked, um, as all of the Water Temples have from memory that I've played in the Zelda games. Um, the Forest Temple was okay. And the the, the one monkeys. on the one on Death Death Valley or Death Mountain, um, yeah, just just standard really. But the the Arbiter's um, Temple or the Arbiter's Dungeon, I thought was a little bit stand out because it was a bit different. It felt like um, so yeah. And that's what it's funny because I agree with you. The the first three dungeons don't do much for me. No, and they kind of follow the Ocarina of Time formula. But then in the second half of the game. They kind of just throw that out the window, and every dungeon feels quite unique. Well, it it, um, it does that thing, doesn't it? That in Ocarina of Time, you do the first three dungeons. Is it three, first three or first four dungeons? It's three dungeons, isn't it? Three, before you get the Master so Sword. Yeah, yeah. Three. And I mean, it it did the same thing here. It's like you do the first three dungeons, and then you put the stones in the thing, and you get the Master Sword. Whereas in this one, it's you do the first three dungeons, and then Midna and Link get absolutely nailed by Zan. And that that that's kind of the um, that feels like the um, what's the word they use in film the inciting incident. Um, yeah. It feels like that's the inciting incident for the rest of the journey, um, and it's also where Midna and, and Link kind of get a little bit closer, and, and you know Midna stops being as much of a dick than she is for the for the first you know few hours. I love of the game. Midna. I think Midna is my maybe even my favourite sidekick of all of them I and I can't say just because I haven't played all of the games and Navi's annoying and Tattle was the same as Navi and the King of Red Dragons was just a boat so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so not much competition so far but I mean we're not going to get to play um, Skyward Sword but you would have been driven mad is that um, the the really tall alien looking yeah companion yeah yeah fire I've heard she's annoying. Um, or fee. Yes. Um, in the original game, she would not stop just constantly giving everything away. And I know I know that's been reduced in the new Switch version. But um, yeah, that was a real sore spot for me when I played mm. um, Skyward Sword for the first time. Okay, so one of the other things I like about this game is um, the weapon variety. Again, it feels like they got very creative with the weapons you have at your disposal. Um, 
obviously you start off with kind of by the numbers, but they do give you the bow very early. Yeah. Um, and you, as you said, the the the, the Beyblade esque thing. Um, you also get a kind of giant ball and chain. You get dual hook shots, which is really cool, and um, opens up some interesting sort of platforming bits later on. Um, yeah, it it just seems like they just again deviated from the formula a bit with the creativity with the weapons as well as the dungeons. Um, but I just wanted to give that a nod too. So let's talk a bit about the audio, which we've not really touched on yet. What do you think of the audio? The music's good. Um, I, I think the music's really good, actually, from from what I heard of it. Um, I, it probably didn't stand out to me as much as maybe someone else, because I still think the music from Majora's Mask is a lot better. Um, I, I think Majora's Mask is the standout in terms of the music. Yeah, and in terms of everything else that we've played in terms of the Zelda game so far, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that as but well. But the, the, the music was good. Um, obviously, Midna has got this like really weird, gibberishy voice. Yeah. Um, but I mean, realistically, when you talk about a Zelda game, you don't really talk about like the, the specific sounds because that isn't really part of it. There's no voice acting. Um, it's, it's the got music. lovely sound cues, though. They always yeah. have good sound cues. Yeah, for sure. Um, but... I'd say the music was mostly memorable. Maybe um, I would. I, I I'm I'm with you on this one. I think I think it's a strong soundtrack, as Zelda games always have. Mm. But I think of the games that we've played so far, it's the least memorable of those games. Um, like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go away and be able to remember. Whereas I can remember so many other tracks from. I mean, Ocarina, Majora's, and Wind Waker, actually. Um, whereas I think here, it it's a bit more muted, a bit more subtle, maybe. But it, it has some great... Or, uh, they're not orchestral, because I think they used an orchestra for the first time in Skyward Sword. But these, these great pieces, and things will change, like, partway through boss fights. So you'll, as you say, you'll latch on to an enemy, and you'll start attacking with the sword, and then the sound will change. So there's some good sound here, but it's got such a it's got such competition in terms of the previous yeah. games that it's very hard for it to stand out in that department. Um, I like the the sounds of the Twilight Realm. It's very weird, and the, the the presentation of the Twilight Realm is weird, and it's all kind of um, new ground for a Zelda game an area that you've not really been before. It's not like the dark worlds of the previous games that you go to. Um, it's this weird place and it's not, not, it's not, it's twilight. So it's uh, that period before nighttime that's weird and ethereal. And it feels like that. So that's, that's a nice um, differentiation there as well. Um, and anything else you want to say in terms of the visuals or the performance of this game? I, I think that the, um, the facial animations and stuff on, on Link are good and a couple of the other characters. I mean, Zelda in this game doesn't really well from what I saw doesn't really feature too much anyway, and it, no, it, it seems a bit of a non-part. Yeah, it seems like it's the most removed she's been um, in the game so far, other than obviously Majora's of, Mask where she's yeah. in it. Um, but yeah, I, I think the the character design was good. I mean, you've got the weird kids from the start of the game. You've got that like, really young baby that looks like it's an old <laughs> man already. 
Um, He's, who owns a shop later on. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that the design of the, the postman is also a bit weird. Um, but yeah. But they're I, based on the designs from Majora's Mask, aren't they? So they're, mm. well, and Ocarina of Time. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. They, they, they were fine. N- nothing ma- majorly stand out, but it looked good. It sounded good. Uh, and that's the best I can say about it, really. It's not up there for me. It's got very nice animation. I think that's what stands out the most with this game. Um, facial animation. I feel like it's not the same as uh, the cell shading of Wind Waker, but mm. it's kind of still a bit cartoony. And all the characters are very um, emotive. And they kind of go along with the lines that are being said. It was the first Zelda game that made me consider Zelda with voice acting. And that's a really weird thing to consider. Obviously, they did it finally with Breath Breath of the the Wild. Although it's... Yeah, although it's minimal there. So it's not like it's um, all over the place. Um, But yeah, it's a a curious thing. And it's... some of the colours look really nice sometimes and the scale of this game looks nice. Like Death Mountain looks huge. It looks like a mountain. It doesn't look like this small Hill. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah which, which occasionally it would look like in Ocarina of Time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one and I don't know if there's much more to say about it, but yeah, I don't think it's a bad looking game. I think it's quite no. nice once you get past a certain point and then... Um, yeah, and once you start to view it in isolation of Wind Waker, which it, Wind Waker does look better. That's just a fact. Yeah. Um, just so, yeah. style. Okay, so on to our question of the week. Now, we've played quite a few Zelda games by now. We've also played some other games with Zelda-style elements to them. So my question of the week is, what makes a good Zelda-style dungeon? considering all the dungeons that we've played and all the games that have dungeon-esque bits to them. Mm. If you look at the individual games, for example, if you were to look at Ocarina versus Twilight Princess, structurally the dungeons are quite different, um, but they are still quintessentially Zelda. So for you, what do you enjoy um, in dungeons that that makes you think, oh, this is a good dungeon. I don't really like dungeons in Zelda games. They're they're my least favourite element of Zelda games because they make me feel like I'm quite stupid when I play them. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Some of them are a lot more complicated than others and things like the Water Temple in Ocarina of Time is like famously bad um, and and famously disliked. Uh, I mean... The two things in Zelda games that I like about dungeons is when there's not too many of them. So I liked the the fact in Majora's Mask, there was, is it four in Majora's Mask? Four, yeah. You've four. got four dungeons and then the rest of it's optional. And if you choose to miss out on all of the optional stuff, then it's your own loss because it's good. Um, but like with, like you say, nine in this game, it just feels like, I can't even say it's too many because, you know, the dungeons are what a lot of people like about the Zelda games. But for me, it's my least favourite element. Um, If I were to say what I enjoy about a Zelda dungeon, I think something that's a little out there and different, like the first three dungeons in Twilight Princess were run-of-the-mill Zelda dungeons that you've done already in Ocarina of Time that you've done. 
in I imagine probably the same as Skyward Sword. Um, you know, you've got a grass temple, a fire temple, and a water temple. Whereas standout one for me that has been done previously, which wasn't a particularly good dungeon, but I just liked how different was it. Was inside Jabu Jabu's belly in Ocarina of Time. It was different. I hated. Hated that dungeon. I, I don't like the dungeon, but I like the fact that it's there and it's different than just yeah. oh, go into this dungeon which is all trees, or go into this dungeon and it's yeah, in a mountain and it's fire. It, yeah. it gets boring. Um, it's not themed in the same way. It's uh, it's it's a bit unusual. Mm, yeah. Um, so those are the two elements I'd say. Like not having too many of them and having a lot of optional stuff if you want to do it. Um, and also just having something that isn't just run of the mill, you know, forest, fire, water, um, my kind of vibes with them anyway. What about you? Uh, my favourite is still probably the Majora's Mask Dungeons because I like the way that you warp the space in those games. I didn't like the water oh, in dungeon game. in that game though. I don't mind. I think of of the water dungeons. I think that's probably the best one. It's probably my least favorite of all of them in that game. Mm. But compared to the other ones, I feel like that was a, a step up because you're playing a Zora Link who is better than normal Link. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I think that one and and that just absolutely nails the atmosphere as that whole game does for me. Um, but I think this one has some great ones too, and. You mentioned Snow Peak Ruins. What's special about that is you're climbing a mountain. You're you're after this um, this sort of yeti figure, and you're using Wolf Link's scent to to find it. And you you climb the mountain and you find this thing, and then this thing tells you to follow it, and you end up snowboarding down the mountain, which very strange for a Zelda game. Yeah. There's also a bit later on in um, Twilight Princess where you're using your bow and arrow in a sort of Wild West setting. Again, very weird. And this this game does some really curious things. There's also a bit where you're kind of um, doing a Star Fox-style flight thing through a cave. Um, I think you'd have done that um, in when you go to Zora's domain. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you snowboard down the mountain, and you've got this big sort of mansion before you. And you're tuned to thinking, okay, so this is a Zelda game. This is obviously um, some kind of house and there'll be some things to do inside, maybe. So you go inside and then you've got speech with characters. You've got these people living inside and it just hits you. You're in this really weird sort of dungeon that isn't the usual oh, here is the challenge of your skills, here is the dungeon, um, you have to unlock this door. and you, you do have that stuff in there, but it feels like a house that is also a dungeon. And because of that, it's really unique. And it does this a few times with the dungeons here. The, the city in the sky, again, it feels quite unlike anything else in a Zelda game, and it makes you challenge, I suppose, what makes a dungeon a dungeon. Can a house be a dungeon? Can this city in the sky be a dungeon? Um, can this thing where you're on this Beyblade-esque thing be, mm. be a dungeon? Um, and I think they got quite adventurous here. Some people like the dungeons in um, games where you've got lots of options and 
things are more puzzling. Some people are big fans of that. For me, the atmosphere makes the dungeon. And again, I, I, I like you like it when they step away from the themes. So in Majora's Mask, yes, you had the forest temple and the water temple, but then you had snow. Um, you had Snowhead, which was yes, it was snowy, but it was kind of its own thing. And then you have the final temple in Akana, which is just like the death temple, and then everything is about death. Um, so yeah, they, they they deviate there as well. So yeah, it just got me thinking. Of, I think different things appeal to different people about dungeons. And and we said when we did Metroid Prime, that was kind of like a giant Zelda dungeon. Mm. That game was. Um, and then in other games that we've played in the God of War games, you get these areas which are like Zelda dungeons, and it kind of just made me think. Well, what makes it a Zelda dungeon? What makes a Zelda dungeon good? And why do so many games copy that formula? I used to, when I was younger, I didn't used to like the dungeons. Um, I used to think, oh, they're the worst bits, and the bits when you're in town talking to people are the bits that I'd enjoy most. And in Majora's Mask, that's probably true. But as I've gotten older, I appreciate dungeons more as those things to challenge you and test you and... um, and just to see the unique ways that the Zelda games and other games kind of play with that formula. And I think, like you said, the dungeons are the bits that are challenging. But as I've gotten older, I think they've gotten easier for me, maybe because I've been doing them for so long. So you just get that satisfaction from doing them as well. And when you can do Dodongo's Cabin in half hour... Um, compared to when you're a kid and it took you four or five hours. Yeah. It, it feels good. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Okay, so let's... Um, it's going to be quite a, a... Not too long an episode, which for a change for us. So The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess was number 26 on our list. It had a score of 96. Now obviously it's a bit harder for you to say because you didn't get to the end, but... My challenge still stands for you, and I think by the ranking episode, which we do after every um, every 50. fifty games, mm. yeah, I think um, if you've completed it by then, I think it'd be interesting to see if your ideas have changed based on the latter dungeons and the kind of more punchy pace that the game has. But based on what you've played now, um, it's number twenty six. Does it deserve to be on the list? I, I I didn't really vibe with it. It was a fine game, like I said. Um, but if I wasn't playing it for the podcast, I would have fallen off the wagon with this game like early on. Um, I don't think, like you say, I don't think it's very paced well. Don't think it's very paced well. Don't think it's paced very well. Um, and I think there are other Zelda games that do Zelda a lot better. Not literally. Um, but... Yeah, it it was fine, but I wouldn't put it in the top 100, to be honest with you. I thought it was very meh when up against other games on the list. Um, you know, and it'll be interesting to see where, where it comes in when I've played Breath of the Wild, which I've heard is good. But yeah, probably not for me. What about you? So we both, um, we, we both kicked out Wind Waker from the list as well, if I remember correctly. Um and I, and I I remember for you particularly, you found it very disappointing because you had very high hopes yeah. for it. Um, I personally, 
I think it's a better game than Wind Waker. I think it's a more complete game. I think Wind Waker definitely does some things better. Sound and um, visuals, I think, are better in Wind Waker. But in terms of the actual gameplay, in terms of the dungeons, in terms of... I would rather, for me personally, I'd rather have poor pacing to begin with, which gets better than the very strange thing of very good pacing, getting your expectations up, and then dropping off much worse pacing as you go along. Um, yeah, I think the dungeons are, are, for me, a lot better in Twilight Princess. I found, and I said that during the, the Wind Waker episode, I still find the Wind Waker dungeons really disappointing. And they are very by the numbers when you think about what to expect from a Zelda uh, dungeon. And even even when I think back on it, I remember bits of them, but I don't remember them fondly. I just remember thinking, oh, that was a chore. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I I do think it deserves to be on the list, but I wouldn't have it anywhere near as high as 26. I think in my overall Zelda listings, this is my fourth favourite Zelda game. Um, f- battling for the top spot would be Majora's Mask or Breath of the Wild. I think at the moment Majora's Mask just edges it for the just complete uniqueness of that game. Um, in third place after those two would be Link's Awakening on the Game Boy. And then I think this would be number four for me. Um, notice that Ocarina of Time is not in those four. Not because I'd, I, I I really appreciate what Ocarina of Time did. It's just that I don't really enjoy playing it anymore. <laughs> um and I think done to death a bit. Win- yeah, I'm, I feel I feel like um, yeah, I played that too much when I was a kid and kind of got a bit fed up of it. Yeah. Um, and and Wind Waker would be down there as well for me um, because it's that challenging one with Wind Waker. How how much can fantastic visuals and good sound design overcome some inherent flaws with the game? And yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, but we will come to rating those, and obviously I'm quite a big Zelda fan with a lot of um, built-in, I suppose, uh, feelings towards the Zelda series. So, yeah, okay, so that was that was Twilight Princess. And next time, what have we got coming up? Um, I th- is it Uncharted 2? Yes, Yes, you, you told me about this a couple of days ago, but I've just been paying so little attention to my phone i uh yeah i need to start that now really i'm gonna start tonight yeah so uncharted 2 which i'm not a huge fan of the uncharted games so it'll be interesting to see how i can i think you i think you should try and complete that one i've um, I've got i've got i've almost i've almost got to the end of it before i've got to like the tibetan mountains um that's, that's about halfway speed. that is mm. so we'll see how we get on but yeah I, I struggle to get on with the Uncharted games just because I think they're a little bit archaic in terms of their controls but it's been about three years since I last played two um, so we'll see how I get on but yeah I mean even if even if you don't enjoy it I think it would be good just to have that perspective of yeah um, yeah and obviously I'm I, I'm a big fan of the Uncharted games so yeah, mm. if I came away and said I hated it, I hated Uncharted 2 after playing it. This, this is probably my seventh or eighth time completing it, so 
But you never know. Be, Something be, might have changed. Yeah. <laughs> I may hate it. Yeah. Exactly. But um, yeah. I recently replayed um, Uncharted 1, funnily enough, and I got the Platinum on it. Um, so I feel quite well set to start Uncharted 2. I think Uncharted 1 has aged incredibly badly. Um, it has, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dispute that. I, I think Uncharted One, out of all of them, like has hard, aged hard to play for someone that had never played yeah, before. I'd agree with that. Um, it's just the combat is too over. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, but um, yes, as always, if you want to contact us, we're at the Long and Short of It Podcast at hotmail.com. We're on social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the Long and Short of It. Um, and yeah, I mean, in, in terms of um. Anything else? Did you did you do the blobby dungeon? I was going to say there's a there is a boss that is Mr. Blobby. Is, is there actually? Yeah. And Mr. Blobby turns up in the game, does he? Yeah, they got special rights to use his likeness, mm. and um, he replaces Zan actually. Um, yeah, yeah. Zan leaves the game, and Mr. Blobby comes in and is everyone's worst nightmare. Mm. As he is in real life. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. As he is for all the listeners of this podcast. Yes. Well, um, unfortunately in my new house, there is no way for me to put my cat downstairs when I'm recording a podcast. So she is now scratching at my door and meowing (laughs) to try and get in, which um, is massively appreciated. For anyone that doesn't know me personally, I have a cat called Spyro and she never shuts up. Um, But yes, that is all from us for this episode. Is there anything else from you today? No, that's it from me. Lovely. Well, we'll see you next time, which I think is next week, isn't it? We're, we're going to, need to get out next yeah, week. Yeah, all, all things, I mean, given the way we've been recently, I uh, don't want to say a thousand percent, but yeah, all things um, go well. It'll be next week. Lovely. Well, we shall see you next week for Uncharted 2. And in the meantime, take care. Cheerio. See you on the next one.